you're listening to Mysteries Beyond. What mysteries lie beyond the reach of our senses? And who are you in this vast multiverse? Welcome to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender. Almost everyone has heard about the urban legend of Bloody Mary, which can be summoned through your own mirror. It's actually quite easy. All you have to do is go to your bathroom, turn off the lights, stand while facing your mirror, and say her name three times. If you are brave enough to try this, legend has it that she will appear to those who summon her. And when she does appear, not only will you be able to see her, but it's also rumored that she has the ability to either kill people, drive them insane, and or if you're lucky, you'll get out alive with nothing but a few scratches. But who is this so-called Bloody Mary? And why is she so angry? Well, her exact origins are actually unknown, but there are rumors that there are several women who are associated as them being the actual true Mary. We'll go over three of the most recognized ones. But first, a brief commercial break. The first version is that she was an alleged witch by the name of Mary Worth. It was rumored by the townspeople that she would steal young children only to kill them and drink their blood to stay young. Not only would she lure innocent young children only to murder them, but it was also rumored that she was part of the reverse underground railroad. That meant she would mislead slaves, people who were trying to reach the north to be freed, but Mary would pretend to assist them, only to lead them back to the south in order for her to make a little bit of extra money. And some have even said that not only did she mislead them, but she also tortured and killed her victims there. So when the townspeople found out about all of these horrible acts that she had been committing, she was killed by either being burned alive at the stake or being lynched. But before being killed, Mary Worth yelled out that if they were ever to say her name in a mirror, she would haunt them. But Mary Worth's existence is actually up for debate, as no one has actually confirmed or denied her existence. On the contrary, though, Elizabeth Bathory was a very real person, and some believe she is the actual Bloody Mary. You see, Elizabeth Bathory was a Hungarian 
countess, a noblewoman in the 16th century, who was believed to torture and kill young virgin women and then bathe in their blood, only to preserve her youthful appearance. And between the years of 1590 and 1610, she was accused of torturing and murdering at least 80 young virgin women, most of who were peasants. It's rumored that she enjoyed torturing her victims by burning them with hot irons, beating them with clubs, mutilating them with scissors, and by sewing their lips shut. And Elizabeth Bathory also allegedly kept a diary that revealed she didn't just torture and murder 80 young women, but instead 650. That is a huge difference in numbers from 80 to 650 victims. But you know what? Some believe that this was all false, that she was just being slandered because the king owed her husband a large debt. And with her husband now deceased, the king hoped to gain her land if she was found guilty and then put to death. Also, this is just another interesting thought. I remember hearing that there was an association between baths and or bathrooms to Elizabeth Bathory because of her surname. But that's just a random thought that popped into my head that I thought I would share with you guys. That's just a little something extra to think about. But another popular theory, one that seems to have the most consensus, is that Bloody Mary was actually Queen Mary the First of England. You see, Mary lived a sort of tortured childhood. You see, her father was King Henry VIII and he was obsessed with producing a male heir. So much so to the point where it was because of him that the English Reformation took place. Okay, what does that mean? It basically means the Church of England broke away from the authority of the Pope and the Catholic Church. And why did he do this? Well, he did it so he could get divorced and remarried. Which he did. So from a very young age, Mary had to watch her father, divorce her mother, and remarry. But that wasn't the worst part. She was prohibited from seeing her mother ever again. And her new stepmom advocated for Mary's disinheritance of the throne. Because now she was technically a child out of wedlock. So clearly, abandonment and rejection issues in a very short time span. Her father went on to remarry a total of six times. Not only did he divorce his ex-wives, but he was also known to have them killed, all because he was obsessed with having a male heir until he got one. And when her father died, Mary had to watch her throne be passed down to her younger brother, Edward VI. But six years later, her brother died. And when that happened, Mary took advantage of the opportunity and made her move. She raised an army and was successful. She became Queen Mary I of England, 
and her mission was to restore Catholicism in England. And in 1555, she passed a law, which basically meant that anyone she deemed as a Protestant would be burned alive at the stakes. And for the next three years, that's exactly what she did, and hundreds of people died. And it is for this reason that she became known as Bloody Mary. Another very interesting fact about her was that she married a Spaniard, and two months after that, she announced that she was pregnant. And like her father, she was obsessed with providing an heir. To the point where her body responded to her mind. She had all the symptoms of a pregnancy, but when her due date came and went, no child was born. And of course, there are some rumors that stated she had given birth to a lump of flesh. It's something known as a molar pregnancy. But this is why when you play the game, you can also summon her by stating, I killed your baby, or I stole your baby. I guess we'll never really know what inspired the terrifying rituals that are still being performed and or practiced by children, nonetheless, at sleepovers. But you know what? Let's talk about the ritual part of it. Let's begin by talking about the most obvious tool that is needed, which is a mirror. Okay, so why a mirror? Well, by now we should all know that mirrors are reflective devices, so they amplify your magical workings. They are also scrying tools used to receive information from the past, present, and or future. But most importantly here, in this situation, mirrors are portals to the spirit world and or other dimensions. You see, mirrors absorb, hold, and reflect energy. Mirrors reflect light. Light is frequency, and frequency is energy. And so, by this definition, mirrors are portals to all sorts of dimensions. So, we have this major tool that allows us to communicate with the other side. Okay, but why must we be in darkness? Well, it's a sensory deprivation thing, right? It actually enhances your other senses, so it opens you up a lot more than you think. Which reminds me, this is why some mediums use a tool called a psychomantium, which is basically a small dark room that has mirrors inside of it. So when they step in there, it's a sensory deprivation thing, and it's also enhancing and amplifying all of that energy, which just makes it a lot more easier for them to communicate and receive information from the other side. Sometimes, people will even include candles in the ritual. Okay, but why the candles? Well, in part, it's the same reason why you light candles when you pray. Or if you celebrate the Day of the Dead and you put candles in the altars. They also do that with the Hungry Ghost Festival. For the same reason that you would carve a turnip and put a candle inside. And for the same reason that people would light up a Yule Log. It's either to keep the bad spirits away, it's a form of protection, 
and at the same time to guide these spirits towards you because they're attracted to that warmth of the flame. Okay, well, why the repetition of the name? Well, it's a sort of chanting, right? It's a vibrational thing. You're aligning with that vibration. You are summoning. Some say you're supposed to say the name 13 times. Others say you're supposed to say it only three times. The version I've heard, it requires you to say the name only three times. And if I have to think of a reason why the number three, well, it goes back to numerology. Three is the number of manifestation. One represents the foundation. Two represents that partnership. And three represents creation, manifestation, because it takes those two energies to come together to create. Okay, but what about the water? Because sometimes people will turn on the sink and let the water run. Okay, well, think about all of the associations to water. It's a purifying element, but it's also a conduit of energy. Water holds memory, and it's also a portal. Sometimes this game, or this ritual, is performed alone, but most of the times it's in a group setting. Why is it in a group setting? Well, you're housing and harnessing a lot more energy. This is why a lot of the times prayers are performed in groups. There's more power in numbers. Guys, this is all occult information. Information that is hidden from the rest. These are the kinds of topics that fascinate me and that I am deeply passionate about. In case you haven't noticed. (laughs) And I'm hoping that I can reach through to some of you. And that you'll see this game, which is not really a game, it's a ritual with a different perspective. But now, having said all of this, do you believe in the legend? Or do you believe that it's completely impossible? Do you think that if you headed over to your bathroom right now, turned off all the lights, and called out her name, especially at night during the witching hour, that something may appear? Well, there's only one way to find out, isn't there? But let me know what you guys think. I'm curious to hear your thoughts and or to hear if you've had any experiences with this ritual. If you have any questions or if you have any feedback or if there's simply anything that you just feel like sharing with me, you can reach me at lauralavender.mb at gmail.com and or you can friend me on Instagram at lauralavender.mb. Also, don't forget to check out the website at www.mysteriesbeyond.com. And before I forget, also a quick shout out to Melody. Hey, Melody, who left me one of the kindest voice messages on social media. Not only does it make my day and places a big smile on my face, but it also does give me that little extra push to keep doing what I do. 
And another shout out to Chelsea, who likewise reached out to me through social media. Thank you guys so much. I sincerely appreciate you. And thank you to everyone else as well for supporting the podcast by listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I'll see you guys next episode. <laughs>